June's Journey is a fascinating hidden object mystery gaming app where you'll play as June Parker, tasked with a daunting obligation, solve your sister's murder. Set in the 1920s, the era of glitz and glam, this family mystery is one for the ages. Everyone's a suspect until your investigation determines otherwise. The clues are all around you, hidden within tricky twists and turns. You'll collect detailed information about each character in your photo album where you'll comb over every detail. You can even join a detective's club to chat and play with others or against them in the detective's league. With hundreds of puzzles to solve, you should probably get started today. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment with highly anticipated new releases. The time is now more than ever to embrace the breathtaking, sinister, and shocking tales that can enthrall you, especially with brand new exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors who are guaranteed to keep you gripped, like Amy Tintera's Listen for the Lie. With exclusive thrillers from best-selling authors, captivating sound design, and dynamic performances, Audible brings these stories to life like never before. And as a member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. New members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, the one-dose vaccine that could be a game-changer. As the FDA says Johnson & Johnson's coronavirus shot is safe and effective, giving strong protection against severe COVID. Hope tonight that millions of new doses could be shipped out as early as Monday. We'll explain the benefits of the Johnson & Johnson vaccine and the news tonight that new infections continue to decline. Tiger's road to recovery. New video tonight appears to show the legendary golfer driving moments before his SUV rolled over and the gruesome details about his leg injuries. The sheriff says it's nothing short of a miracle that Tiger Woods is alive. Another rioter faces federal charges for allegedly assaulting an officer who needed staples in his head. Now around 275 charged, plus the tens of millions of dollars needed to repair the Capitol. Our nation's soldiers struggling. Tonight, our CBS News reporting families who say they can't feed their kids. We are military and we are struggling. And we visit the food bank that serves 1,500 military families. How you can help. The boss meets the judge. Bruce Springsteen admits to taking tequila shots with fans and then getting on his motorcycle. The news on the charges tonight. Meet this 105-year-old who beat COVID, the secrets to her longevity. Why a college dropout gave $20 million to the school he couldn't afford to attend. And superheroes and their sidekicks, how these injured animals are helping children through therapy. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. 
Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin tonight with breaking news and another possible turning point in the year-long battle against the pandemic. Tonight, the FDA says the new single-shot vaccine from Johnson & Johnson not only protects people from getting severely ill or dying from COVID-19, it may also help reduce the spread of the virus. The new analysis paves the way for the vaccine to be given emergency authorization by the end of this week. And it means 4 million doses could ship out nationwide in days, given the U.S. another vaccine and one that's easier to store and administer. Still, there are some concerns tonight. Production delays have forced the company to slash the number of doses it promised the government it would deliver by the end of next month, meaning it could still be months before many Americans have access to that new shot. Well, tonight, health officials are also warning about a new variant discovered in California, which appears to be spreading quickly there. Even as there are more hopeful signs across the country showing new infections and hospitalizations from the virus, have dropped 50% in the past month. We have a lot of new reporting for you and your family tonight. Our team is standing by. CBS's Nikki Batiste is going to lead off our coverage tonight from outside of Johnson & Johnson's headquarters in New Jersey. Good evening, Nikki. Good evening. The CDC says as of today, 20 million Americans are fully vaccinated. And if Johnson & Johnson's new vaccine is authorized, executives here at the headquarters say they could supply enough doses to double that number by the end of March. Safe and effective is how the FDA described Johnson & Johnson's one-dose vaccine. If an EUA is issued, we anticipate allocating three to four million doses of Johnson & Johnson vaccine next week. The FDA confirms that J&J's vaccine is slightly less effective than the Moderna and Pfizer shots overall, but showed 85% efficacy against severe illness and complete protection against COVID-19 deaths 28 days after getting the shot. It also works better in the U.S. than in South Africa, where a more contagious variant is dominant. Johnson & Johnson's vaccine only needs to be kept at normal refrigeration temperatures and stored for three months. I think the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is a very important new development. It does show very, very good protection against serious illness, uh, hospitalization and deaths. To keep down infections, the Biden administration is planning to ship 25 million masks to community health centers and food banks. Also tonight, Moderna announcing it is preparing clinical trials for a South African variant booster shot. Researchers in California say there's a homegrown variant there, too, which not only spreads quickly, but may show resistance to COVID antibodies. We are in a race against time. Dr. Michael Osterholm says the U.S. should rethink how it delivers vaccines to get needles into arms as quickly as possible. We have now compelling data showing that there is no need to provide two doses of vaccine to anyone who has already had COVID. But there is good news. Lucia DeClark was diagnosed with COVID last month on her 105th birthday, the same day she received her second dose of the Pfizer vaccine. Now a survivor of both the Spanish flu and COVID, she credits a regimen of nine gin-soaked raisins and faith. Pray, 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 and don't eat junk food. The FDA's vaccine panel is scheduled to publicly review J&J's data on Friday, which means authorization could come as early as this weekend. If that happens, millions of doses could be headed to states next week. Nora? A 105-year-old saying gin, but no junk food. Vicki Batiste, thank you.
Tonight, the L.A. County Sheriff is saying Tiger Woods' car crash was purely an accident. There was no evidence that he was impaired and no charges will be filed. Woods is beginning a difficult recovery after lengthy surgery on his right leg, ankle and foot. CBS's Carter Evans reports tonight from Southern California. Considering the wreckage, rescuers say Tiger Woods is fortunate to be alive. Deputy Carlos Gonzalez was first on the scene. I noticed that Tiger was awake and conscious and able to speak to me. Uh, It made me feel a, a big relief. New video TMZ says shows the SUV the legendary golfer was driving moments before the rollover crash that pinned him inside. Investigators say they didn't find any evidence of drugs or alcohol, and they don't expect to file any criminal charges. A statement posted on Tiger's Twitter account says he's currently awake and responsive. Doctors say Woods had open fractures affecting his tibia and fibula. Those are the two bones in the lower part of the leg. Surgeons inserted a rod into the tibia and stabilized the golfer's foot and ankle with a combination of screws and pins. How could this affect his golf game? Well, this will definitely affect his golf game. In many ways, he will likely need to relearn parts of his swing. Dr. Andrew Pollock says the golf star's injuries sound very similar to what happened to Washington football quarterback Alex Smith in 2018. Alex Smith is down. The lower part of Smith's leg essentially broke in half, but he also suffered a major infection and nearly lost his leg, as he told Nora on 60 Minutes. They had to remove quite a bit of muscle and tissue from my lower leg in order to, to get the infection under control. If Tiger's able to avoid that complication, he'll have a much better course long term. We're here at the hospital now waiting for any more updates on his condition. Research shows about 50% of people with this type of injury still can't go back to work after two years of healing. As for the investigation, the sheriff says he's going to pull cell phone records to try and determine if Woods was on the phone at the time of the crash. Nora. Carter Evans, thank you. Tonight, federal prosecutors filed more charges against rioters in the Capitol assault. Now about 275 people have been charged, and it comes as officials say it will take tens of millions of dollars to repair the Capitol. Here's CBS's Chris Van Cleve. Tonight, prosecutors allege Clayton Mullins is the man in this video trying to drag a police officer down the steps of the Capitol by his foot January 6th. That officer required two staples to close a head wound. Now, one of the three Capitol officials who could have okayed a request for National Guard assistance says he was never consulted before or during the attack. So were you aware of that request or were you not? I was not. As architect of the Capitol, Brett Blanton oversees the physical Capitol complex. On Tuesday, the former Capitol Police chief acknowledged he didn't contact Blanton. Unless it was an um, issue specific to the architect um, regarding you know building structures, something like that, uh, my conduit was regularly uh, the House and Senate Sergeant Arms. If that was his regular practice, then I think we found a, a, an issue with uh, the operational chain of command of the Capitol Police Board, frankly. Blanton said temporary security, repairs from the attack, and upgrades to the Capitol could cost $40 million. During the siege, his employees rushed to reverse the ventilation system in an effort to clear the air of the chemical irritants released by rioters. 
Security remains tied up on Capitol Hill. This temporary fence topped with razor wire is set to be here until at least the end of March. But there is a bipartisan effort. Republicans and Democrats who want to see the fencing gone, they oppose any permanent barrier between the U.S. people and the United States Capitol. Nora. Chris Van Cleve, thank you. And also at the Capitol today, Postmaster General Louis DeJoy apologized for those shipping delays during the holidays. But he also told a House panel his strategic plan may include slowing down first-class mail even more and transporting less of it by plane. Democrats have been highly critical of DeJoy, but he says he's not leaving, quote, so get used to me. All right. Now, tonight, the struggle for food, water and shelter continues in Texas and other parts of the South ravaged by last week's deadly storms. Today, four board members stepped down from the organization that runs the Texas power grid. The four did not live in the state where mass power outages lasted days. CBS's Janet Chamlin continues our coverage of the crisis. This is just uh, the biggest pieces. Tonight, Texans in trouble, some still struggling after the storm. In Rachel Bohenick's house, nine pipes burst. And water was just pouring out of this. It's overwhelming for the Houston mom of three young children, who's also a ninth grade teacher, with students whose homes are just as wrecked as hers. Somehow I have to help my students process whatever trauma they've had happen to them. All of that is kind of, I'm, I'm just sort of holding it off. In an already tumultuous year, the storm has slammed students, parents, and teachers. Every step along the way has been another blow. The catastrophic storm on top of a pandemic is taking a toll. In Irving, the pipes burst in Carrie's apartment complex. There's no water, which is challenging with her husband's Crohn's disease. They can't afford to move out. She lost her job during the pandemic and now earns significantly less. Now it takes three paychecks, sometimes four, to pay my rent. The chaos of the last year magnified now for Carrie and so many others. Just when they thought it couldn't get worse. It really hits hard because I feel like I'm a failure and that I can't, you know, provide for him. To help families, distributions like this one sponsored by Houston schools have been going on daily and they're running out of food quickly. And tonight, the governor is scheduled to give a statewide televised address as questions mount over the response to the storm. Nora? Janet Chamlian, thank you. We're going to turn now to a shocking story, a largely unknown consequence of the pandemic. Nearly 40 percent of military families have had trouble putting food on the table. Many are forced to turn to food banks. CBS's Mark Strassman spoke with families about this, including one that's down to their last six dollars. We are military and we are struggling. We met this Army family on the front line of a food crisis. All right, my love, what would you like today? Um, just everything. Desiree Alvarez, her three-year-old Elijah, and six-year-old Mary Soul. This is the first time that I've consistently had to go to a food bank over and over again. Her husband's an E3 private at Joint Base Lewis-McChord, or JBLM. Tacoma, Washington is expensive for a family of four living on $2,300 a month. A half hour away, Thurston County's food bank serves 1,500 military families like the Alvarez's. A 22% spike since the pandemic began. You're welcome. Nice to see you guys. That hurts me. Lieutenant Colonel J.P. Smith, a chaplain at JBLM, identified the downturn here. You take a a spouse who's normally working, 
unable to find work because uh, of the COVID pandemic. If they lose that second income, that's a that's a blow on anybody. Desiree Alvarez used to work until the military transferred them here a year ago. Their financial cushion collapsed. The family's income plunged more than half. I really need to find a job. The Department of Defense estimates the jobless rate for military spouses is 22%. Other estimates run as high as 35%. In San Diego, families using the food bank at the Armed Services YMCA surged 400% during the pandemic. We couldn't even go a full week without having to go get help from a food pantry. Our family is worth it. We're worth getting the help that we need. Families helping defend America in a bruising battle against hunger. Mark Strassman, CBS News, Atlanta. And we want to let you know that if you'd like to help, go to combatmilitaryhunger.org. And tomorrow we'll speak with the military on what's, what it's doing about this growing problem. President Biden is facing pushback from members of his own party tonight over one of his top cabinet picks. Neera Tandon was tapped to lead the powerful Office of Management budget, working with lawmakers to pay for the president's priorities. But after years of mean tweets about members of Congress, her nomination may now become the first high-profile failure of Mr. Biden's presidency. Here's CBS's Ed O'Keefe. President Biden tonight says he's disappointed by how slowly his cabinet is coming together. I don't so much blame it. From the Senate, I blame it on the failure to have a transition that was rational. After a bumpy transition and the impeachment trial, just nine of Mr. Biden's cabinet nominees have been confirmed. The pace of confirmations is lagging compared to similar points in previous presidencies. Just today, two committees canceled votes on near attendant, the president's pick for budget director. West Virginia Democratic Senator Joe Manchin says he won't support her, citing years of sharply partisan comments on air and online about members of both parties. I think there's no secret she is lacking the votes right now, and she's working hard to try to get the votes. White House officials tell CBS News they're sticking with her. But in the 50-50 Senate, Democratic defections can be fatal for a Biden pick. So Tandon now requires GOP support. It's a numbers game, right? It's a matter of getting one Republican to support her nomination. We're continuing to do that outreach. Alaska Senator Lisa Murkowski could be that one. But tonight says she's not yet made a decision. Tandon had deleted more than a thousand tweets before being nominated, but late tonight, a newly surfaced tweet shows she'd even attacked Murkowski in the past. Also tonight, President Biden says he's read a U.S. intelligence report the CBS News has learned is expected to show Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman approved the 2018 killing of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. The president's expected to speak soon with the Saudi king, and it's likely this report will be part of that conversation, Nora. Ed O'Keefe at the White House. Thank you, Ed. Bruce Springsteen pleaded guilty today to downing shots of tequila with fans at a New Jersey beach where drinking is illegal. But the legend was cleared of DWI charges and his blood alcohol level was far below the legal limit. He told the judge he'd pay the $540 fine immediately. All right, tonight, Morgan State University is the recipient of what may be the largest private donation ever made to an historically black university by a former student. Calvin Tyler Jr. dropped out of Morgan State 60 years ago. He couldn't afford it. He started working as a UPS driver, later becoming an executive. Well, this week, Tyler and his wife pledged $20 million to the school for scholarships. What an incredible story. 
Something remarkable is happening at a ranch outside Austin, Texas, where animals are helping kids in need. Here's CBS's Omar Villafranca. Some superheroes need a sidekick. For five-year-old Harper, it's Halo, the white fluffy dog with one leg and an unlimited supply of love. What's her superpower? Well, she has lucky fins like me. Harper's superpower is her hand that formed differently. She calls it her lucky fin. Harper comes every week to this rescue animal sanctuary outside Austin to check in on her fellow superheroes. I have a cow in a wheelchair and a lamb in a wheelchair. <laughs> At Safe in Austin, Jamie Wallace Griner cares for just under 160 disabled animals that were left on death's door and lets them live out their life in hog heaven. She matches the animals with kids who somehow know what they're going through. When Harper and Halo get together, Harper's mom, Celine, says it's magical. Harper got a lot of her own confidence coming here, seeing how resilient those animals are. There's like 90% stress and hard and muddy and poopy, and then there's this 10% that is pure magic. Sometimes, unconditional love comes from rescue animals rescuing children. In Leander, Texas, Omar Villafranca, CBS News. Tomorrow, a group of veterans driving 1,500 miles to help Texas after the storm. If you can't watch us live, set your DVR so you can watch us later. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. See you tomorrow. Good night. For more than two centuries, the White House has been the stage for some of the most dramatic scenes in American history. Inspired by the hit podcast American History Tellers, Wondery and William Morrow present the new book, The Hidden History of the White House. Each chapter will bring you inside the fierce power struggles, the world-altering decisions, and shocking scandals that have shaped our nation. You'll be there when the very foundations of the White House are laid in 1792, and you'll watch as the British burn it down in 1814. Then you'll hear the intimate conversations between FDR and Winston Churchill as they make plans to defeat Nazi forces in 1941. And you'll be in the Situation Room when President Barack Obama approves the raid to bring down the most infamous terrorist in American history. Order The Hidden History of the White House now in hardcover or digital edition wherever you get your books. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on Wondery Plus.